So Maddie's got their uh, their honey stick, <laughs> yeah, a, a fidget ring, and a, a glass of bubbly sparkly water. And I think now, now they're ready. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, no, you have a you have a different air about you now. You look more composed, centered, and grounded. I would say. How you feeling? I feel better. Also, like this honey stick is really good. Yeah, you're slurping that bad boy down. Well, I only no. Yeah, I'm not. There's still ninety percent of it left. Wow, you're just going to town on that honey stick. It's incredible. <laughs> now I feel like, and the cat's no longer in here, so I feel like this is going to be a much more focused version. Laser focus. Laser now. focus. Yeah, the cat was a bit much. Mm-hmm. Him and his majestic toe beans. Mm-hmm. So now, do you feel ready, willing, and able to do the intro with that same level of gusto? As before. Um, welcome to ADD Storytelling, the podcast in which we explore the myths and legends of our time, the past, present, and the future, in no particular order, and sometimes with less than perfect focus. Wow. Right? Nice. Got it that time. Perfect. <laughs> now do the uh, lament of fear. My name's Maddie, and I'm the usual host, but then this week is a tuckered out episode, so... So my cute husband is going to do the podcast this week. <laughs> is that me? I don't know. Did Sorry, you marry Maddie's me twice? going to town on that honey stick. Yeah, I did marry you twice. I don't like you when you comment on things I do. Yeah, I know you don't. But it's fun for me. So do you have any inkling of uh, what we're going to be talking about on this uh, fantastically divergent episode? Well, you told me it's called The Furies, so I'm assuming it's about The Furies. No, it's... I said the furries. No, you didn't. <laughs> we could, we could, we could uh, pivot to an episode on the furries. I'm good. No, okay. I'll delete that R. But yes, yes, dear listener, we are discussing the furies of yore today. Who they are, what they're all about, and their various different incarnations throughout Greek uh, mythology and cultural history. Maddie. Off the top of your head, what you know about these lovely ladies? Uh, they fight, and they're pointy. Well, yeah, I, I can cut it. We're done. That's pretty much what I have here in the <laughs> and they're talk. Greek, yeah, yeah. That's that's about it in the in the script. Pointy fight. Yeah, I just said it in a different order. But yeah. yeah, more or less the same. <laughs> Riveting. I know. No, is that really all you know? Pointy. Mythical, you know, mythical fighting lady people. Just for the listener, I do have to call it. I know you just told me not to talk about what you're doing, but you were just staring at your honey stick with an intensity that I have not seen <laughs> since you were finishing your master's program. Like, you were... <laughs> you're so full of shit. No, look at you go. <laughs> you're almost there. <laughs> You almost, you've almost. I think exp- you're riveting. You're riveted by you what I'm doing. You are staring at it, and all you had to say about furies was that they're pointy and fight. <laughs> so enraptured by the honey stick, are you? I was saying that for comedic effect. Yeah, well, it was quite. It was quite comedic. Mm-hmm. It was jocular. No, the furies, the Eumenides, or to their friends, the Erinyes, are said to be some of the oldest of the Greek deities having come into existence in the time before the birth of the gods of Mount Olympus, and therefore were not overseen by Zeus or his kin. They had no power over these chicks. There was a few things bef- that were there before Zeus as well. Zeus was oh, yeah. sort of later. The Titans and all that. Like, yeah. Many of the elder gods came before Zeus, but I'm just saying, in the context of greater Greek mythology, they're older than like the big popular pop bands like Poseidon and Athena and Lance Bass. 
Land's the best. Yes. That one's in in sync, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. Despite many modern portrayals and descriptions, marking these arbiters of pain and punishment out to be resembling femme fatales or sultry doms. They are pretty sultry. And pointy. In antiquity, (laughs) the Furies were considered elderly crones, often having quaffs made entirely of serpents a la the Gorgon. They're sultry crones. The Gorgons? Crones. Yeah. Are you saying there are sultry crones? Yeah. Yeah, we saw a bunch out in Capitol Hill last night. <laughs> Those cougars were out to fuck. Yeah, no, so they got snake hair, like the Gorgons or Medusa. Mm. But interesting side note that I wanted to put in here. Did you know that Cerebus, the three-headed dog, dog guardian of hell, is also covered in snake hair? What is snake hair? Like Medusa? Where your hair is snakes? You mean the dog had snakes on it? Yeah, snake hair. His fluffy mange was all a venomous serpentine. Oh, like it's rough around its neck with snakes? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I like the use of rough there. Is that because it's a dog? No, when I think of its little scruffy rough surround its little scruff neck. Neck scruff. You are a goddamn delight. <laughs> so yes, they had snake hair, the Furies, as well as swinging pendulous breasts. Being the elderly crones, then all. They pendulous. Had pendulous. That was my own descriptor I added in there. I hear it is a little bit better to bind your breasts slightly, like to prevent the sag. Um, but you don't have to go all the way, you know, with the corset thing. That's too much. Yeah. Just to keep them, like, chilling. Yeah. Got anything else to add on that one, or? We could make this a weekly segment of Maddie's breast tips. I'm good on that. All right. That was my that was the extent of my thought. <laughs> <laughs> Additionally, the Furies were said to have eyes that were as black as tar, the wings of a bat, and a dog's head at times. Wait, what has so the dog's head? Chew on that. The Furies. Sometimes they're female dogs. Yeah, sometimes they're dogs with big old swinging breasts and bat wings. Wouldn't they just look like bats then? Versus, they look, uh, like, versus re- dog head? I feel like they'd look more like a bat. They're kind of like a Jersey Devil f- flavor. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Except for the, it doesn't have a horse involved. Well, dogs are like man's best horse. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Furies were also said to carry scourges with them at all times, with which to dispense their unending torment. Rhythm. Scourges. The scourges. You just wanted to say scourge? Not adding it? Scourge. Scourge. Is it scourge or scourge? I don't know. How's it spelled? Scourge. With an O-E-M? S-C-O-U-R-G-E. I don't know what a scourge is. Scourge. I think it's pronounced scourge. Scourge is definitely a word. Okay, this is riveting. <laughs> <laughs> Furthermore, the concept of the Furies originally emerged as personifications for curses pronounced upon one found guilty of a crime. So they were initially just the idea, the personified idea of, fuck you, a pox on your house. The fear inspired by these girl bosses was so acute that their title of the Eumenides, which is one of the three, they're the Eurynes, the Furies, or the Eumenides. So many. Indeed. But Eumenides specifically translates to, quote, well-meaning or soothing goddesses. This was bestowed upon them as a euphemism so as not to invoke their wrath by speaking their name and thus summoning their true form. What is their true form? Bat-headed wing, bat, no, dog-headed, bat-winged, black-eyed, snake hair. So did they just go around looking like old ladies or like hot ladies or like? Winged no, they, ladies. They, they had that shitty, shitty appearance, and when they came to do their thing, they looked it. But they lived in the underworld. They're not going around. Oh, they're around. underworld. Okay, so they're just going around people they, that are dead. Some, we'll get into when they come around, but... In the first ages of Poetic mm-hmm. Record, there existed... Are you humming? <laughs> do you have something to add right now? No. you have a musical accompaniment? Uh-uh. If anything, you should play like a leer and be my little like satyr. 
next to me in my Greek glen of storytelling. I thought it was liar. God, this is like the third. We can't do this the whole time. This can't be the episode. <laughs> no. I think you're right. I think it is liar. I think it Fuck. is. <laughs> oh, God. In the first ages of poetic record, there existed an indefinite, if not unlimited, number of these spicy ladies. Ultimately, the Greeks came to know them as three sisters, namely Tisephone, which means murder and retribution, Megara, which means grudge, and Electo, the unceasing. Is Megara the same as the one that was in the movie Hercules? No, that's a different uh, Greek hero. Similar name, but different Meg. Different Meg. Yeah. Depending upon the cult and belief system which one prescribed to in the ancient Mediterranean, their parents might differ. Some believe their parents to be Hades and Persephone, whom we have covered extensively in a previous episode devoted to both her and her mother, Demeter. I barely know her. <laughs> Another version of events sees their parental figures as Hades and Nyx, a primordial, also primordial like the Furies, but primordial goddess of night incarnate. Lastly, and most popularly considered to be their true origin, the, the three sisters were believed to have come from the blood of the eldritch god of the sky, Uranus. I've written here, pause for yucks. All right, got Crickets. that out. After he was castrated by his son, the youngest of the titans, Kronos, who then threw his severed genitalia into the sea. The story goes that the drops of blood that fell to earth became the Furies. They are the offspring of dick blood in the ocean. Titan blood. Yeah, titan, titan dick blood. Did he say specifically cut off dick? Yeah, cut off his genitalia. Okay. You missed that? I missed it. You do have a, a self-defense mechanism where you can tune, out, tune me out when, it, when it's best serving. <laughs> Whatever their parentage, they come from darkness. They dwell within the realm of Hades. And their sole purpose in life, if we mortals can call their immortal existence life, is to inflict eternal torment on those that had committed the gravest of sins. Among these sins specifically was the act of breaking an oath, going back on a chivalric charge, or simply breaking the code of the natural order. Breaking code of natural order would be something like necromancy, right? Like where yes. you're raising something from the dead or like, you know, defiling graves or something? Yeah, I mean, there's there's story, there's... Tales of Sisyphus being tormented by the Furies whilst having to push that rock eternally up the mountain because he broke the natural order and trying to go into Hades to retrieve his lover. Or he fooled, he fooled Hades, that was the thing. Mm. It's one of those, he did something that fucked up the underworld and that's why he got punished with the rock. Yeah, no, it was the bard that went down to get his wife. Right. That, and then um, he didn't make it. Because he looked back. Yeah. So, I can't remember Bard's name. It's something like Eurydices or something. Oh. Orpheus. Oh, or Orpheus. Orpheus. Orpheus sounds right. Yeah, Orpheus is right. <laughs> nice, we got there. We're students of history. A specific doctrine states that the Furies, or in this context, the Aranes, could be summoned to enact vengeance upon children whom had inflicted grave transgressions against their parents as this was the crucible in which they were created within the myth of Uranus and their castration-focused son, Kronos, it became closely associated to the mythos of the Furies that you're mean to your parents. Oh my god, they're dick choppers. I mean, who among us is not a dick chopper, Maddie? But, like, that's why, right? Because they're related to Kronos? Like, yeah. oh yeah, they're, I'll get your genitalia, just you wait, me and my snakehead. Well, no, Snake they're not heads. specifically Snake coming heads. for your dick. They they will attack children that attack their parents or do something against their parents. Oh, well then. That just seems like would eat them entirely kind of thing versus the genitalia. That seems like what? The, the Furious would eat the children that disobeyed. Well, yeah, they will punish those that transgress upon their parents because they come from that kind of Hateful crucible, as I said. Okay, continue. <laughs> this concept of summoning the Furies from, from the realm of Erebus via curses made by the living upon the living 
made the Furies members of an elite class of Grecian deities which held the power to exert control, pain, and punishment on the living, as well as those who passed into the afterlife. As a result, they were considered arbiters of fate, similar to Zeus, and could dramatically redirect the course of one's life, steering it dramatically in the direction of misery, misfortune, and despair. Most gods can't directly intervene. The Furies can. Unless they want to assault you. Then they can intervene. Indeed. The Furies are occasionally referred to alongside the physical manifestation of retribution, the goddess Poena, whom sought vengeance against those guilty of murder and manslaughter. The job description held by the Furies, however, covered such a large berth of responsibility that those similar in nature to Poena, our lovely ladies are easily distinguished in ancient carvings and statues and temples because they have a much larger set of skills to be employed and needed. Poena was a much more specific laser-focused goddess. And Poena was the Fury or not? Not. Okay. The goddess of retribution. Retribution, okay. Indeed. Not to be confused. In describing their tenacity and ruthlessness, Achilles described the Furies thusly. No prayer, no sacrifice, and no tears can move them or protect the object of their persecution. And when they fear lest the criminal should escape them, they call in the assistance of Dice, with whom they are closely connected, and maintenance of strict justice being their only object. They're god cops. Who's Dice? Dice? I believe that is uh, Demeter. Yeah, well, Demeter could fuck your day up. Mm-hmm. If you mess with her. You'll make you chilly. Chilly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or she'll dry up all your food, make it impossible for you to live. As time marched on in the crushing and corrosive manner for which it's known, the Furies began crossing into our world less and less, opting to remain in Tartarus to do their dark bidding on the internet and dole out their tantalizing damnations. In the underworld. Yes. I believe you said internet, but I think you meant to say underworld. I said internet because I read dark bidding, and I was, I can't read dark bidding without thinking of what we do in the shadows. Yes. Dark, no, what we do in the shadows when Jermaine Clements is left to do his dark bidding on eBay. You don't remember this? From the movie or the show? The movie. Weren't they, like, buying a lamp or something? No. We don't know what he was buying. Or, I felt, I got the impression it was, like, on Craigslist, like, some sort of haunted doll. It was eBay. That's why he was doing his bidding. Oh, yeah, eBay. Okay, his yeah. dark bidding. <laughs> joke went over my head, I guess. In Virgil's vivid description of his journeys into the depths of Hades' infernal realms, the poet says of the entrance being found in the volcanic landscape encompassing Mount Vesuvius, where, quote, the whole country is cleft with chasms from which sulfurous flames arise, while the ground Isn't is... Isn't Vesuvius a volcano? Yes. That would make sense, then, that it has cracks of lava in it. Don't interrupt, Virgil. While the ground is shaken <laughs> with pent-up vapors and mysterious sounds issue up from the bowels of the earth. End quote. Yeah, Mount Vesuvius is a volcano. That's the one that killed Kit Harrington. In that great movie Pompeii that everyone went to see. Tara said um, that when she went to Pompeii, there was, like, a great worship of, like, genitalia and, like, basically, like, free love sex education stuff. So there was a bunch of, like, penis statues and stuff that you could buy. Oh, people love dicks in antiquity. Yeah. They're a lot more into it. In Virgil's tale, the Greek hero Aeneas offers sacrifices outside the entrance to the underworld. Side note here. At the temple in Athens, where depictions of two of the Furies can be found, evidence of sacrifices made to the figures include black sheep and nephalia, which is a honey wine that I watched a video on making it these days, and it sounds fucking just atrocious. Don't drink nephalia. Yeah, you could just have mead. Yeah. Mead is also honey. The deities to whom he makes his offerings, this is Aeneas again, are Persephone, Hecate, the goddess of magic and spells, who witnessed Persephone's abduction and attempted to retrieve her, as well as a sacrifice to the Furies. 
Said you gotta pay that troll toll if you want to get into Hell's Hole. Whoa. What, what do you want from me? Are you not entertained? I'm in Shane. I'm interested. Got some stories about the Furies? We're getting there. This next passage comes from Ovid and the Metamorphoses. The Sororis. Oh, wait. Nope. I don't want to read that Greek name. It translates to Nightborn Sisters. So the Furies. Divinities, implacable, doom laden, sat guarding the dungeon's adamantine doors and combed the black snakes hanging in their hair. Stephanie, disheveled as she was, shook her white hair and tossed aside the snakes that masked her face. Maligned Stephanie, seized a torch steeped in blood and put on a robe all red with dripping gore and wound a snake around her waist. The baleful Anries stood, stretching her arms entwined with tangled snakes and shaking out her hair. The snakes, dislodged, gave hissing sounds. Some crawled upon her shoulders. Some, gliding round her bosom, vomited a slime of venom, flickering their tongues and hissing horribly. Then, from her hair, she tore out two with doom-charged aim and darted them down the breasts of Athanas and Eno. Winding, twisting, they exhaled their noisome breath. Yet never any wound to see. The fateful fangs affect their minds. Stephanie brought with her poisons, too, of magic power. Lip froth of Cerebus. Mm, that dog's lip is lip gunky. Ew, so they t- they're like, hey, That's you know what has poisons. a great poison? The Hellmouth dog. Yes, the Echidna's <laughs> venom. Which, I just, I have to laugh and think of Knuckles, the Echidna. The what? Knuckles from Sonic. Because oh. he's an Echidna. His I don't know venom. what an Echidna is. It's Knuckles. Wild deliriums, blindnesses of the brain, and crime and tears, and maddened lust for murder, all ground up, mixed with fresh blood, boiled in a pan of bronze, and stirred with a green hemlock stick. Because hemlock will probably just do it all there for you. You don't need the hellhounds. The hemlock will just kill you. Yeah. So they probably need some other stuff to happen first before the hemlock finishes you off there. And while they shuddered there, she poured the poison brew, that broth of madness. Over both her breasts, right down into their hearts. That's hot. Then round and round she waved her torch. Fire following brandished fire. She went and loosed the snake she'd fastened round her waist. So that's just like a... That's a scene from Queen of the Damned with Aaliyah. But I felt (laughs) like it worked well in this context. That's a scene from Queen of the Damned, the Anne Rice vampire movie, a la, like, 2007 or something. Yeah, with Aaliyah, may she rest in peace. Aaliyah was the queen. Yes. Yeah. Of the Damned. So what did you make of that, Maddie? Uh, That they have a lot of snakes in their hair, and also that they can take them off and reattach them at will. Also that they put a bunch of things into a potion... To eventually poison you, but make you feel a lot of hallucinations and nasty stuff first. Yes. Fun times. And they pour it down their breasts into your mouth. Well, that doesn't sound too bad. No, that's what I'm saying. It's good. I like them. After venturing through a veritable who's who of unfortunate archetypes of death, the hero Aeneas comes to a crossroads where he and his guide Sybil must choose between the path towards the lush gardens of Elysium or to continue further towards Tartarus. Elysium, the land designated for those that live pure, just lives, and were now able to forever frolic, wrestle, and play with their pals bathed in a continuous purple haze, beckoned, but Aeneas continued further towards Tartarus. As Homer described it in his ever-lofty, high-flutin' prose, Elysium was a, quote, happy land. Beautiful words. Could not have said it better myself. I think it's funny that purple haze is the happy part. I know. I also thought about that. It's like sunlight, I guess. Purple sunlight. They're just getting stoned. I always think of being as you light, UV light as being purple, but maybe it just looks purple to us because we can't really see it. Indeed. As they continued towards Tartarus, Virgil writes, Aeneas beheld the walls of a mighty city around which the phlegathon rolled its fiery waters. 
Before him was a gate of adamant that neither gods nor men could break through, and iron tower stood by the gate, on which Tisiphone, the avenging fury, kept guard. From the city were heard groans and the sounds of the scourge, the creaking of iron and the clanking of chains. Are we still talking about Aeneas? This is Aeneas going down into hell, and he's seeing Tisiphone, one of the furies. It's the thing with the Greeks, they really just don't stay on topic. Like, what the fuck are they talking about right now? They're talking about they're looking at, looking at the gates of Tartarus. And they're like, oh, there's that chick up there. She's got a whip. Well, I hear some boys that sound sad inside. That's my book report. That's, I mean, good. That I feel like I needed that because I felt like that guy was confused. just waffling. Yeah, yeah. They, they waffle quite a bit. <laughs> there's, a, God, there's a lot of waffles in here. <laughs> the following poetic description of Sisyphane comes from the Tybod. I always read that as Thabad, but I don't know how to actually say it. Tybal. Tybal? <laughs> Quote, The savage goddess turned her cruel face towards him. As he spoke, she chanced to be seated by foul coquitus and loosened the serpent locks around her head, had let their snaky tongues lap at its sulfurous waters. Now, swifter than Zeus's lightning or a falling star, she leapt from the shore. A crowd of phantoms fled, fleeing to face their mistress. She, through shades, through fields black with a swarm of ghosts, sought Tenaris's threshold from which none returned. Day felt her near. Night's pitch-dark cloud obstructed him, frightening his gleaming horses. Far off, tall Atlas shuddered. The sky trembled on, its sh- on his shoulders. Rising swiftly from Melea's cleft, she sped along the familiar route to Thebes. No path does she travel faster to and fro, holding her at Tartarus no dearer. A hundred asps, erect, cast their shadows on her face. A fraction of those that made her fearful hair. A steely light lurked in her sunken eyes, as when Thessalian witchcraft makes the eclipsed moon blush through cloud. Her skin was taut and swollen, suffused with venom. Her blackened mouth filled with fiery vapor from which drought, plague, and famine bring death to all. On her back, a dreadful cloak stiffens, knotted blue-black on her breast. Atropos, the fate, and Persephone herself tend her dress. Then their hands shake with wrath, the one gleams with funeral fire, and the other lashes the air with a living snake. Okay, so, many a snake. She's nasty. Venomous blood. Yeah. Big cloak. Big blue-black cloak. Super speedy. Gotta go fast. Sulfurous breath. Yes. Sounds kind of creepy. It's a bit of creepy. It also seems a little extra, if I'm gonna be honest. I feel like she is really putting a little bit too much in the whole scary biz. I feel like... Uh, maybe it's just because the snakes are, like, not that scary, because they're all kind of, like floating about her head as she moves about so it kind of makes it look a little bit more like a snake halo and you're like oh that's kind of cute that they follow her around but then she's like Meh, and you're like okay i guess it's not that cute she's a little be. much yeah <laughs> curious to find out more about what Tsephony's whole deal was aeneas beseeched his guide Sybil, to tell him what crimes had been committed to warrant these cruel punishments here is the judgment hall of radamanthus who brings light crimes done in life which the per- perpetrator vainly thought impenetrably hid. Tisiphone applies her whip of scorpions and delivers the offender over to her sister furies. Her whip's made of scorpions. Oh, that's not gonna feel good. Are the scorpions crawling up and down a whip? No, it's just they got, or it's got like a tail. scorpion barbs on the whip. Yeah. Here we find another description of the sisters. The tantalizingly sadistic Megara. On their journey through the colossal depths of Tartarus, Aeneas comes across the sight of groups seated at tables loaded with dainties, while nearby stood a fury who snatched away the viands from their lips as they prepared to taste them. Others beheld suspended over their heads huge rocks threatening to fall, keeping them in a state of constant alarm. These were those who hated their brothers or struck their parents or defrauded their friends who trusted them, or sold NFTs, kept the money to themselves, and gave no share to others, the last being the most numerous class. Here also were those who violated the marriage vow, 
or fought in a bad cause, or failed in fidelity to their employers. Here was the one who sold his country for gold, another who perverted the laws, making them say one thing and another tomorrow. So, schemers and shakers? Yeah. Song of Angry Men. Yes, yes, the song of angry. <laughs> the song of bad dudes. And you hear the people sing, singing the song of angry men. Da, 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 Well, how does Aeneas' story end? Where does he end up? He goes down and meets his dad, and they're like, Oh, Dad, I missed you. And his dad's like, I missed you too, son. And then they hug and leaves him for a bit, and Aeneas fucks off. That's it? That's what happens to Aeneas? Yeah, that's why I learned that the Greeks also believe in reincarnation. Because wafting above the river in Elysium were the souls of those that had died and were being uh, cleansed of the, the four elements until they became mainly being cleansed of earth, which is the basest of the elements. And those that were thoroughly cleansed were allowed to go back to inhabit another body. Those that were still too dirty were reincarnated as like tigers or dogs or like an echidna. Really? And they said that they were going to reincarnate into other animals? Yeah, if they didn't have a fully cleansed soul. Which I was just like, wow, that's just Hindu belief. That's awesome. I didn't had I had no idea that the Greeks believed that as well. Yeah, maybe the Christians tried to cleanse that from the Greeks because it wasn't what they believed. Yeah, I think they would. Yeah, they'd probably like shove that one deep down. Yeah, just took what they wanted. That sort of thing. Okay, so you gave us the the ending of Aeneas, and that's all that he's got with the Furious, right? That's all he's he's gonna do down there. Yeah. Okay. He just so, saw them, like, smacking people and, like, being mean to boys. And he was like, that looks nasty. And then his guy is like, it is nasty. Want to see your dad? And he's like, sure do. I miss my pet pep. And then he sees his pet pep and he's like, look at you, dad. Getting a little silver in the hair. I like it. You want to oil wrestle? And he's like, I always want to oil wrestle you, son. And they did that for, like, three hours or something. It was weird. It, it droned on. It, there was no waffling during the oil wrestling part of the book. But then that once that was over, they just, like... Went back up top. Did they really do oral wrestling? Because I think you made that up. Who's to say? You could say whether or not you made it up, which I, I think you did. Okay, so that was like ago. the hero Aeneas. Um, Aeneas? Aeneas. Aeneas. Whatever. Encountering the Furies. So now we have some short stories of Furies? Yes, this is Plato describing... How the Furies were the purifiers of the dead, and how they worked as jailers in the underworld. So we have to be jailed and tortured to be purified? No, well, we're gonna find out. Yeah. And you just, like, when you... You pay them good money, and they're gonna whip you for a while, and you're gonna come out of it feeling a little better than you did going in. Why do you pay them money? This is their craft. It's like asking an artist to do something for free. You gotta, you gotta support... Your local fury. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So this is Plato. Now, when the dead have come to the place where each is led by his genius, as they have lived well and piously, or not, and those who are found to have lived neither well nor ill, go to the Acheron, and, embarking upon vessels provided for them, like Chiron's skiff, arrive in them at the lake. There they dwell and are purified, and if they had done any wrong, they are absolved by paying the penalty for their wrongdoings, and for their good deeds they receive rewards, each according to his merits. But those who appear to be incurable on account of the greatness of their wrongdoings, because they have committed many great deeds of sacrilege, or wicked and abominable murders, or any other such crimes, are cast by their fitting destiny into Tartarus, whence they never emerge. Those, however, who are curable, but are found to have committed great sin, who have, for example, 
in a moment of passion, done some act of violence against father or mother, and have lived in repentance for the rest of their lives, or who have slain some other person under similar conditions, these must needs be thrown into Tartarus, and when they have been there a year, the wave casts them out, the homicides by way of the coquettis, those who have outraged their parents by way of the phlegrathon, that's the river of fire, but it's got phleg, phlegm in its name, I like it, <laughs> and when they have been brought by the current to the Arcusian lake, they shout and cry out, calling to those whom they have slain or outraged begging and beseeching them to be gracious and to let them come out into the lake and if they prevail they come out and cease from their ills but if not they are borne away again to tartarus and thence back into the rivers and this goes on and on until they prevail upon those whom they have wronged for this is the penalty imposed upon them by the judges the furies okay so the furies are like greek purgatory yes with lots of torture. We'll slap you around a whole bunch, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And then if you're good, you get to go play by the lake. And the people you wronged will be like, eh, you seem repentant, come on up here. Well, yeah, they get punished, so then they're like, okay, I shouldn't have done that. Now I've been beaten for my sins. So then there's this sort of catharsis to that that you pay to do. You say catharsis, I say Catholicism. There's a lot of guilt and self-flagellation here. I mean, there is the sort of root sound yeah. at the beginning there, but that could just be a coincidence. Yeah. So how do you feel? Do you feel like you need to, like, voice any any wrongs or sins you may have committed and really just, like, have a confessional moment? Else you will be thrown into the pit of hell and tortured by the Fioris. You mean Hades? Yeah, same difference. Mmm... It's not the same difference, but. What have I any confessions? Yes. We're transitioning now into a segment I like to talk called Tucky's Confession Corner. (laughs) Where you bear all of your past misdeeds. I confess. Yes. That I have more than 10 unread books that I've purchased that I still need to read. I scorch thee! Alright, that was your first. What else? I'm working my way through them, though. Your confessions or your books? My books. <laughs> How many honey sticks have you had today? Just the one. It was in my bag for like a year. Wow. Sealed. Wow. Good stuff. <laughs> Elegance and rich. Now, well, having been purified, does your soul feel like it has less earth in it? Are you able to transition to our next segment? I never had much earth to begin with being an air sign, but... Oh my god, tell me more about this real quick. I've been meaning to ask, why am I been feeling shitty? What planet is wrong right now? Well, you're an earth sign, so... Oh my god, that's why I'm such a dirty, nasty boy, isn't it? must it? be. Also, um... I've been feeling very nasty lately. No, 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 I want to hear about Sisyphus. Do you have a Sisyphus thing? No. This is an image of Sisyphus being whipped by a fury. Oh, no stories? No, it's just an image of him getting getting that good scourge. And you can see his dick. Sisyphus nice. is the one that pushes the rock up the mountain infinitely, right? Yeah, because he tricked Hades. So he's stuck in that, like, philosophical time loop paradox of doing the same thing over and over again? Yes. But unable he's to not escape. even time looping it because, like, he is able to get the rock up to the top every time. And every time fails just before. He just has to keep doing it. It's not that he doesn't remember it. I thought that he got the rock to the top and then he had to start over. Yeah, he does, because it rolls back down. Yeah, so it's like he pushes it all the way up and you're like, okay, I'm done. But then it just rolls back down and you have to start all over and there's nothing that you could do. He's just doomed to do it. Yeah. 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 Little stinky boy. But the Furies bother him while he's doing that. Yeah, they give him good whips and smacks. I, that puts some variety into it, because otherwise, you, maybe you'll get into the routine of it, and, you know, humans really favor routine. And I bet he's starting to look pretty good. He's probably got some gains. Yeah, I bet he's got some quads? muscles. Yeah. Chunky feet. I mean, here, I can show you right now. He is a... Those are some thighs. 
I mean, the calves could use a little more sculpting, but check that dick. He's hanging dong. He's listener. got pretty tiny arms, to be honest. Yeah, actually, those aren't all that well defined. Yeah, I know. But look at that treasure trail. Got the good V. And he's got side abs. He seems to, uh, according to this, he appears to have a sort of six-pack on the side of his body, which I'm into. Hmm. Even Hemsworth doesn't have that. What do you think, Kat? Yeah, Kat likes his body. Neither Kat or <laughs> So yes, in a more modern context, where have you seen the Furies lately? I've been seeing you fighting the Furies like every other day when you're playing the game Hades. Indeed. And they look um, like sort of chunky gargoyles with metal teeth. Sorry? <laughs> I mean, no. No, they no, don't. No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> I made that up. Okay, that's interesting hot. though. Let's follow this. Follow that. Follow that line. Chunky gargoyles with metal teeth. They do look like they have like sharp teeth, like like crunchy metal teeth or something, like a robot. But they Rich. also look hot. Like they've got ponytails, and they look like really wicked, and they have like a lot of, you know, flowing. Yeah, they're doing a lot of nice rope work with those whips. Yeah, I feel like yeah, they would. I'd commit some sins to hang out with them. I'll just say that much. If you catch my drift. I don't know if they put people in the BDSM community to the Furies, like, if they want, like, Yeah, that must be punishment. kind of a conundrum in hell and Hades in general. Like, when people, like, that enjoy punishment get there, it's like, well, I don't know. Make you do taxes. That would suck. There's gotta be something they don't like. Yeah. And also, you know, you can have too much of a good thing. Like maybe you're tired of it after a bit, you it's know. True. It's not soup's consent, maybe. <laughs> soup's consent. <laughs> That's the tagline for this episode. The Furies, not soup's consent. <laughs> <laughs> Probably take some of the fun out of it. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, I was going to um shoehorn a bit of lore about the Valkyries into this as well, because I thought they might be a little bit more similar than similar than they are different. I was wrong, so I would like to do an entire episode on its own about the Valkyries. That's fine. Yeah, because they... You know, I'm, I learned one valuable lesson in the research for this, and it's that not all women are the same. I thought it's like, it's weird, because I thought like Valkyries are ladies and Furies are ladies. I'm like, how different can they really be? But they're different. Did you know this? Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> they are also from two different cultures. I not? know, but I was just like, <laughs> how different can ladies be? And yeah, it turns out they are. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and that was my big lesson. I hope others learn something here, too. So, when you were fighting them in Hades, because your video game experience is totally real life to the yeah. underworld experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. How would you describe them? As being something to fight. Frenetic. Frenetic. Uh-huh. Did they give uh, you a lot tenacious. of... Tenacious. Did they give you a lot of, like, sexy but mean things before they started fighting? No, one of them can only say the word murder. That's it, huh? Yeah. Murder! And then, then she attacks. Yeah. Pretty much. I do have, like, a will-they-won't-they... Kind of thing going on with one of them. Don't tell anybody. But I'm trying to trying to woo her. Can I've you do her that? Several pomegranates. Yeah. You can give pomegranates to the. Yeah. So far, all I've had sex with is the gorgon, because who wouldn't want to have sex with Dusa? She's a pip. But. The pippiest. The pippiest. <laughs> and it was totes consent. <laughs> I gotta tell you, it wasn't just my skin that turned rock hard when she looked at me. Ugh. Hey, you like Ugh. this one over here? Oh, the cat even shook his head. <laughs> oh, that's weird over here. Oh, he's looking at me like I made a very bad joke. So you got any cool things to... To, to quote, to end us out on? I wish to end our time together, my dear, dear lady wife, with a tale 
of the Furies attacking a palace. Attacking a palace? Whose palace? Whose palace? The palace of Pentheus, of course. Pentheus. 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 Next to Pantheon? Pantheon. Pentheus. His less, his less successful brother. Oh, is he? <laughs> yes. This comes from Nonus. Page 198, if anyone's reading along at home. Yes, the Furies assailed the palace of Pentheus. One leapt out of the gloomy pit, swinging her tartar and whip of vipers. She drew a stream from cockatus and water from sticks, and drenched Agave's room with the infernal drops as if it was a prophecy of tears and groaning for Thebes. And the deity brought the Attic knife from Attica, which long before murdered Italos. His mother, Procne, with heart like a lioness, helped by murderous fin... Ah, they're dropping a lot of names here. Murderous guy, that's a very Greek name. Cut with steel the throat of the beloved child of her womb, and served up his own son for cannibal Tarius to eat. Ah, damn. This knife, the channel of bloodshed, the Arrhenius held, and scratching up the dust with her pernicious fingernails, she buried the attic blade among the hill-grown roots of a tall fir, among the Maenades, where Pentheus was to die headless. She brought the blood of Gorgon Bedusa, scraped into a shell fresh when she was newly slain, and smeared the tree with the crimson Libyan drops. This is what the Mad Furies did in the mountains. So that's a fun story to end on because it kind of ties all the motifs together. Did they just attack a tree? Because that's what I got out of that. No. Is that they rub shit on a tree. It's the motif of them being curses, like long con shit. They're essentially cursing Pentheon to die a gruesome, violent death as a result of the transgressions of his family members upon one another. Oh, so it's curses. Curses uh, personified seeking retribution for familial acts of violence while also being sexy snake ladies. To me, it sounded like they stabbed a tree with a knife that had once uh, cut up a brother to be fed its, you know, to mm-hmm. another person or something. And then uh, they smeared some blood and some vines in an attic. Yes. And that was No, attic was the name. Oh, Attic was the name. Yes. Not Attica. the place. Yes. Yes, and. There so are a lot of names. So where'd they smear it? They smeared it on a tree outside the palace in the mountains where Pantheon would one day die. Oh, okay. So they basically sealed his fate to that spot. Yes. Oh. So it's like a witchy time thing yes. that's happening now. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. I'm on board. I got this. This is why I thought you'd be more, like, engaged with the Furies. They are, they are like, hell witches no i noticed a lot of the witchy things yeah i, I noticed that there the was hemlock. the stirring yeah, the and the hemlock bowl, and the, the pendulous breast there's the the nasty things from different places you know like the the breast <laughs> no the like uh the the foam from the hell mouth dog and then like the you know the vial from the snakes Echidna. or something <laughs> The echidna venom? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Snake venom. All that stuff. Very All that good stuff. Yeah, no, they're, they're, hell, they're hell witches. And so did they say them. toil and trouble? Like when they're stirring stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, finally, I'd like to end this with... Did they like gyrate in front of the tree when they smeared it with stuff? Oh, you remember that? The final scene in The Witch? No. When all the ladies are naked in the woods just gyrating? essentially that okay we'll watch that after this i do want to end before we get into the plugs and all that i want to end with uh maddie seeing an echidna for the first time and here we go tell me what you see there maddie it looks like a little mole like a little mole it's like a little spiky mole oh like a hedgehog adjacent thing yeah like knuckles to sonic just another echidna Oh, like a little mole. It's very cute. Oh, I like the spiny ones. Yeah, so they're poison. I don't think echidnas are poisonous, but what do I know? It's, if it's Australian, it's probably venomous. So, dear listener, thank you for well, joining. If it's venomous, then it bites you. If it's poisonous, then if you touch it, 
or consume it, it would right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be poisonous. A waxy secretion is produced around the base of the echidna spur, and we have shown that it is not venomous, but is used for communicating during breeding. Oh, so they have spurs on the back of their feet like a platypus. Platypuses can fuck you up if they sting you. That's from the uh, publication How the Echidna Lost Its Venom from the University of Sydney. So perhaps. So it has a venomous, but it, it has a venom, but it doesn't affect us. How are these Greeks getting to Australia? Well, they Thank probably you all for just, listening. They just have their <laughs> own thing there. They have hedgehogs and shit over in Europe. That's hedgehog adjacent. It is hedgehog adjacent. Yeah, it's like similar. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of ADD Storytelling. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us. We hope you've been filled to the gills with knowledge and inspirational joy. Maddie's making a face at me like they want me to stop saying things like that, but... <laughs> be it for them i'm gonna keep filling you up every four weeks with a tuckered out i'm here to fill you up dear listener just drowning in it the knowledge okay so you can follow us on instagram at ADD storytelling podcast you can support our podcast at anchor.fm slash ADD storyteller you can email us at addstoryteller.com. Nope. addstoryteller at gmail.com. That's it. And I'm saying storyteller, not storytelling, because we are the storytellers. That's who you're emailing. Indeed. The podcast is the telling, and we're the tellers, so, yeah. Now you're justifying it retroactively. I like this. Oh, yeah. All right. That's, cool. that's what we're doing. Oh, so we are going to start moving into a more relaxed fit schedule. And release, and I know it sounds crazy, but every other week. What? Instead, we're gonna we're gonna do it every two weeks. You know, then we'll release an episode. So we're not coming back to you next week, but we're coming back the week after next. Indeed, we are, and we're coming back strong. You just wait. But until that time. Until that time. You stay taut. You stay dry. And you know, you we'll miss fun. you more than you miss us. That's true. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say? You don't? He seems he seems shocked. There's little kidnapped. He should meow. There's little toe beans in your kidnapped. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.